is not just about the hours you work. It's about how you work, how you think, what's your mindset around this thing. It's more than just pure hours. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. This is the place that you come to learn more about chasing purpose, not money. And I am so excited about today's episode with Shea Bynes. You are going to love this conversation around grace over grind. If you have been one to subscribe to the hustle and grind mentality that is so pervasive in our culture, this is going to stretch you. It's going to make you think about some things a bit differently, and I can't wait to dive in. But before we do, let's get to the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is great opportunities always come my way. I wake up each day expecting new, exciting, and lucrative opportunities to be presented to me. I remain open to the possibilities of my limitless potential. I prepare myself for new opportunities by not clouding my time with fruitless people or activities. I'm always ready to take on new projects that produce financial abundance, personal satisfaction, and professional growth. I prepare myself to be in position to receive new opportunities by ensuring that I'm clear about my goals and able and willing to communicate them to the people I choose to surround myself with. Great opportunities always come my way. Shay Bynes is a passionate storyteller, mentor, and strategist who ignites and equips leaders to be catalysts for transformation in the marketplace, co-founder of the Kingdom-Driven Entrepreneur Movement, and author of Grace Over Grind, How Grace Will Take Your Business Where Grinding Can't. Shay is known as the Chief Fire Igniter, reaching over a half million aspiring and current entrepreneurs around the globe through her devotionals, books, courses, short films, and podcasts. By shifting the way people live, work, and engage the world around them, Shay's teaching and mentoring provide inspiration and practical strategies for doing business in partnership with God for the greater kingdom influence and impact. Without further ado, here is Shay. What's up, Patrice? Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Shay. Well, I'm honored to be here with you today. I am so excited to have you here. And I don't even think you realize how far back this goes because I don't. I know that we were introduced on the call for a mutual friend's birthday party. Shout out Sway. Yes. Um, Hey, hey, Sway. However, I really discovered you more like 2017, I want to say. Oh, okay. So I just met you maybe last year. Last year it was. But. I was introduced, maybe it was 2018. When did you write Grace Over Grind? That released in January 2018. January 2018. So I was still in California at the time. I hadn't moved back to Georgia yet. And I was in this transition period in my career. I had just made a big pivot. So I went from being strictly known as America's money maven and doing all the financial stuff to feeling like God was like, I called you to tell the truth about wealth. And you mm. know, for you, I have been very much a part of that, right? And right. so I started to just really seek out resources about connecting my business with my faith and really shedding this idea that I had to hide my faith. And I had just recently launched the Redefining Wealth podcast in 2017. Okay. And I made faith one of the pillars Yes. But I was still practicing getting fully comfortable with it. And I stumbled upon you in the Bible app at some point, I think maybe latter part of 2018. I stumbled upon you. And now I went back to check today. The Grace Over Grind Bible app devotional has over 100,000 completions. And it was it was that 
that was how I was first introduced to who you were. So when oh, I got fun. on that birthday call, I was looking at you. I'm like, hmm, what, what like familiar. <laughs> I feel like I've seen her face before. And then somehow through the conversation, I don't know if you remember it like clicked. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, I do remember. You're like, this yeah. is a lady. Right. I know about you. <laughs> that's right. That's so, right. It's so fun. I am so, so again, you have no idea what an inspiration you were to me, even oh, so with good. the building of redefining wealth. Um, what an example you have That's been. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Thanks for sharing it. That's and so I good. Just, I wanted to know from you, how did you get comfortable making the connection between your faith and being a woman in business? Yeah, it's, well, it's interesting because you know, like a lot of God's stories that don't make a whole lot of sense to the natural mind. <laughs> when God gave the assignment for Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, which was in 2012, I mean, at the time I was in real estate. I know you were you were in real estate as well. I was in real estate investing. I was teaching people in real estate. I was coaching and consulting in real estate investing. I was doing all of that. And I wouldn't say I, I, I ignored my faith because it's just who, it's part of who I am, but I didn't really have a... Like I, I wasn't actively engaging with the idea of, oh, God is with me in this business and let's hear his thoughts concerning things and looking at his ministry. That was not even a concept to me, okay? Interestingly enough, it was when I got the assignment for Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, which is a whole other story, which maybe we'll talk about, maybe we won't, but it was in that, in saying yes to Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur and saying, Laura, what is that? <laughs> what does that look like? What does that mean? that I began to be the thing that was then going to be released from me, you know? And so it didn't happen for me until 2012. And I, gosh, I was probably baptized at age eight, but I had a pretty compartmentalized life, especially as it pertains to work. Maybe not in my family life or my, you know, in personal matters, but I would definitely say in my work life, I really didn't have much of a concept of it. I wasn't scared of it, but I didn't have a concept for actively engaging God in that way. Mm. See, I was scared. I was scared to mention my faith because I had tried it initially because it's just a part of my normal conversation. Are, right? It just it just is who I am. So it would come out naturally. And I remember around 2011, 2012, I was speaking somewhere and I referenced faith and God given and it was about finances. And I had two talks that day, a morning and an afternoon. And after the morning talk, the, the conference producer pulled me to the side and they were like, you were awesome. They loved you. Da, da, da. And then she said, um, but in this one, could you maybe tone down? Because, you know, everyone here is not Christian. Right. And I was like, oh, like it hadn't even occurred to me that I could potentially be seen as offensive because right. I'm being true to who I am. Right. And so the next talk, was probably good for the people, but it didn't feel good for me. Wow. Because I felt myself suppressing God-given and I felt myself like, you know, suppressing just things that I would naturally say. Yes. And I learned that day in my mind that if I was going to be successful in this financial education space, that maybe I should not mm. talk about my faith so much. And then I talked to a mentor about it and they agreed. And that began the hiding. And that that's began really, suppressing. That's really interesting because now you sharing that's reminding me of probably why it wasn't as big of a deal for me. And that's because the voices that I paid the most attention to as I was learning real estate investing were unapologetically faith-filled people. And so while they didn't make it a huge deal, they weren't, you know, it wasn't like, hey, I've got this billboard, but they were not shy about it. So it didn't even connect to me you know, when I was doing that, that that would be a problem because I'd already seen it modeled before me. And I didn't really think about that until just now. Well, that's what I love about you and I having this conversation today is that we can now be models for so many people yes. that your faith is not the thing that you turn down. For me, the more I've turned it up, the more I've been able to be more of myself, but also yes. really bring God so much more glory. Like the That's stories right. that I hear from people, this is way better than like, oh, I'm using a budget. Well, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right? No shade nice. to the budget, but no yeah. shade to the budget. But when right. people say to me, you know, I'm spending more time in my word because of yes, you because of what you put out there. That's right. Or 
I realized I was snacking on devotionals and I, but I haven't been actually feasting on God's word. Yes. Like when yes. people send me messages like that, I'm like, that's it. Yes. Right? That's the yes, thing that but, fills me up. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I never would have imagined that I'd be doing the work that I've been doing for almost a decade now. I never would have imagined it, but it has been the most amazing adventure. And a lot of it is based off of not only my growing in relationship with God in the midst of it, you know, my relationship with him, but also just that, that trickle effect that your yes and obedience and walking that out in faith, even when it doesn't make any sense to you, the trick that that ripple effect is what I meant to say, that ripple effect that it has. And when you get to hear those stories and so many stories that you'll never hear on the yeah. side of heaven, but the ones that you do get to hear, it's really a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing. So it let is. me tell you, one of the things that I really loved about Grace Over Grind, um, as I was out already speaking about redefining wealth and this idea of just shutting down the like, I'm on my hustle and grind, you know? I'm on I'm team, no sleep. Team, no sleep. <laughs> sleep is for suckers. Like all this stuff, right? We yes. lead here at Redefining Wealth with the fit pillar. And I always talk about, listen, if God gave you a vision for your life, it's your duty and responsibility to take care of the vessel. Yeah. We get one vessel to execute this vision. And what I loved about Grace Over Grind is that you actually illuminated the fact that we have spiritualized some of those concepts. So while we don't say team no sleep, we have wake, pray, grind, <laughs> right? We have a hustle for Jesus. Yes, right? I, so, I hustle for Jesus. I grind for God. My uh-huh. grinding is godly. I got a holy hustle, all the things. Uh-huh. And yeah. one of the things I love is that you define grinding and hustle. Can you break that down so we can just understand more? Yeah. So grinding is like excessive hard work. It's, I like to say it's working primarily in your own strength. You know, you're trying to do all the things. If it's going to be, it's up to me. I got to do all the things, do all the things and just overdoing it excessive. And what's interesting, Patrice, though, is that a lot of people will immediately equate that to the time that they spend and work. But you could be a 10 hour a week working person, but still be a grinder. Just because you're not working a bunch of hours doesn't mean that you're not working primarily in your own strength because you're not leaning into the goodness, the grace, the presence, the wisdom of God and what you're doing. And so as I've been having this conversation, it's been interesting to see kind of the mindset. If you're working 10 hours a week, but you constantly have financial anxiety, you're grinding in your oh. head, right? If yes. you feel like it, can, nothing, nothing, like all the things going on around me, like I have to be focused. It doesn't even feel like work. I have to do all the things if it's time or not time. So there's people who grind 25 hours a week. There's people who grind 80 hours a week. So it's not just about time. And that's one of the things I've really been trying to focus people in on because it's not just about the hours you work. It's about how you work, how you think, what's your mindset around this thing. It's more than just pure hours. Oh, that's so good. Because so many of us are trying to get to Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, right? And we don't realize... (laughs) When y'all figure it out, please let me know. Right. Yeah, I haven't figured I haven't um, figured that one out. I haven't cracked the code yeah. on that. And yeah, I read no, no. some of the book and still know. But it's not just about the time. It's about how we move through. Okay. So yes. I do know that you talk, you broke down um, how to know when you're working from grind. You just touched on one financial anxiety. But another yes. one that you touched on was prayerlessness. Yes, yes. Which doesn't mean that you never pray, but what it could look like is that your prayers are almost like are just a rote routine. It's just like, you know, I pray before I eat. Yeah, you know, I pray when I wake up real quick. You know, I I pray like, you know, here and there alongside, but it's not, there's no intentionality to it. There's not really connection to it. It's just kind of a religious routine. Um, There's no connectivity. There's not an actual conversation happening with the Lord. It's just, it's just the kind of the thing that you just kind of do because you feel like you're supposed to do it. And so we miss out on so much goodness. We miss out on his word to us. You know, we miss out on course correction. We miss out on, you know, innovations, ideas, problems that are being solved. <laughs> you know, we miss out on all of that because we're, again, we're grinding because we're trying to do it all on our own or go follow after somebody else's blueprint and someone else's whatever, but yet not even connecting with the actual source. 
you know? So yeah. it's like people are resources, thick books, people, all that stuff is resources, but God is our source. And he is really good at connecting us with the right resources. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, people always ask me, Shay, when I'm on other people's platforms or there's a Q&A, they go, okay, but you always talk about these downloads. When do they happen? I'm like, when, when I'm still, when I carve out that time, Yes, It doesn't happen in the busyness and the noise of everything else. Very rarely for me, right. do I feel like I really heard anything. Yes, And now I've also learned that in my, in my quiet time, yes, I pray, but I also build in time to sit and listen. Yes. And a lot of times we pray and hop up and we'd be like, well, Lord, uh, so you want to see it, right? It's like, That's right. I said all the things I need to say to you, Lord. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. build in time after I, I sometimes just sit and I take out the pen and I just yeah. sit and like kind of wait for, and it doesn't happen every single time. And I'm not, it, you know, right. but for me, that has been a big part of it as well. Yes. Be intentional about praying, but not just to be the ritual, as you said, not yes. just to have it as a routine, like, okay, it's six 30. Let me go just pray. That's right. It's That's like right. spending that time so that I can actually hear from God as well. Yeah. I say like, intimacy with God is a foundation of everything and intimacy does take time. And it's also not a one way thing where it's like, okay, well, I'll just share my thoughts, but yet I'm not being still enough to hear like responses or even no agenda, what's on your heart today, you know, you know, whatever that looks like. Right. And so that's, I mean, that's really at the foundation is just being able to cultivate that relationship and intimacy with God so that you can then also have confidence that you do hear him because he says my sheep hear, hear my voice. So, so it's like, so we have to build that confidence that we do hear and we don't do that we try to just like operationalize everything or do things in a rush or do, you know what I'm saying? So it's just yeah. like, that's, that's that intentionality. And what I found is that when I was really intentional about that in the early state, in the early stages of learning how to kind of walk this thing out, what happened over time is that it, then it didn't become about that segmented intentional time. It became an ongoing flow of conversation throughout the day. You know, it's like, no, I'm now I'm walking with you. I maintain an ear to hear you. I know I, I maintain a posture of being led by you throughout the day, but it started with intentionality around time and even taking my to-do list and saying, okay, Lord, here's what I'm thinking about this week. What are your thoughts on this week? This is what I consider priorities for this week, but what's your heart concerning the people I'm serving? What's your heart concerning this, these thoughts that I have? I really want to submit my plan, submit my thoughts to him and know what his thoughts were, you know, concerning that yeah. as well. And so it did, it did in the beginning, it was all about intentionality and saying, okay, I'm going to make sure that daily that this is just a part of my day. And yeah. then after probably about two and a half years of that, it just became a lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the other ways you say we can recognize if we're grinding is if we get sucked into analysis paralysis. Yes. The mind grind, the head hustle. <laughs> can't make a decision, you know, because I mean, there's just this thing around decisiveness. And sometimes we can over-spiritualize our analysis paralysis too. Um, we can speak like, to <laughs> it, friend. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Speak to it, friend. Where you got to have, where every time you need five, you need the dove to, you need the dove to crack the sky, to fall on your shoulder, to speak to you in another language and then give you the interpretation of its tongues. When you need five people to be like, it get, we can over-spiritualize our analysis paralysis where there's so much power in just the intentionality of saying, this is what I, this is what I believe. So I'm going, this is faith, faith in action. I can't see it. I don't know it for sure, for sure, but I'm going to be decisive. I'm going to take a step and then watch as God confirms as, as you move. Because a lot of times there's no confirmation as you're just kind of sitting around just waiting for these confirmations. Now, sometimes people get them. And I think God's so good, especially early in our walks with him and developing. A lot of times there's just such a grace, you know, where, where God will give you the confirmations you're looking for. You, you know, you'll get those things. But as you actually grow in him, that becomes less frequent. You're yeah. growing in faith. You're, you know, you're, you're rooted and grounded in a different way. And so if you're always sitting and expecting all of these confirmations before you move, before you make a decision, you're going to miss out on his best. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. 
I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new to me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, What I also love is that Armoire is women-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, yes. I literally just talked about this during a, a challenge I did committed to the call. Yeah. He said some of you are waiting for the skies to open and doves to fall out the sky in the form of your initials. Right? <laughs> I like that. And then be like, <laughs> you're waiting for too much stuff. It's like right. at some point, we have to take our next best step. Yes. And if we are committed to spending that time listening, right? We have to trust that this is the this is the path I'm being led down. And even if this was not the best possible thing, I'm right. going to learn. I'm going to find lessons or blessings on the path. That's right. And That's they right. will keep, if I believe God is going to direct and redirect my steps. Yep. He can't direct nothing with me just standing here. Like it's direct your steps. Yes. We have yes. to move forward. And the number of believers that I have met that are so brilliant and so gifted and God has just given them such, I mean, an assignment. Yes. That they are not fulfilling because it's, I'm going to keep praying on it, but you've been praying about it. And who am I to say, you know, I'm like, but girl, you've been praying about this book met you. At some point you have to take paper to pen. Like a, like a step. It's a partnership with God. So we got to show up. (laughs) We got to show up and flow with him. Yeah. I mean, and and a lot of times it's funny because like when I mentor people, I'll be like, okay, so you're going to die. Like, let's say you did it. Are you going to die? No. Okay. Well then like take the step, take a step. We're not even talking about huge leaps. Oftentimes the things that we're all weird about are really in the grand scheme of things, not even that big of a deal. Like the step is like so minor. It is like a book, like write a page, you know, you know, an opportunity, make a phone call. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of times these things are really not that big of a deal. So you just take a step and you get, and you get momentum. So that's yeah. like the grind too. So it's like, so that's why it's like people, if we, I don't want to ever put grinding in a box because you can grind in your head. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not working 20 hours, but you spent 20, you know, 20 weeks 20 days grinding in your head around something Mm -hmm. and having anxiety around it, being stalled and stagnated. So most people wouldn't consider that a grind. Oh, they only consider the people that are like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working all day on my grind, but that person's grinding too. Oh, there are so many ways that we grind. And yes, we can excessively hard work here too. (laughs) Oh, wow. Shay, I want to talk about one more of those ways when we get back, no boundaries. 
We'll, let's talk about it when we get back. Good deal. So one of the things that I hear all the time when I speak is that people are so surprised that I am able to hold my own and be unapologetic about my faith when I'm on stages with people who may not necessarily be people of faith or they may not identify with being Christian, right, specifically, maybe spiritual, but not necessarily Christian. And as I was sharing in the episode with Shay, I remember the event I will never forget that event when the conference producer asked me to tone down the faith talk a bit, how guilty I felt afterwards for obliging, how it really broke something down in me because I felt like I couldn't just be myself and speak freely, which that's why I went into business for myself, right? To not be policed by anyone else about what I want to say, how I want to say it, when I'm going to say it. and. One of the stories that sticks out to me the most at this time is the time in 2019, I actually was the keynote speaker at Podcast Movement, which was a really big deal, right? Because here I am, I have gone from being known as America's Money Maven and only doing the budgets and the credit and the savings in media and launching this podcast in 2017 to talk about redefining wealth, to allow myself to embrace all of these other pillars that you guys now know redefining wealth for. And out of everything that I talk about, the faith pillar was the one that did kind of challenge me the most because I knew that it would go against a lot of conventional wisdom out there from professional folks, mentors, coaches, people who mean really well, but don't necessarily have the same conviction about how faith has played a role in the story, at least publicly. And podcast movement was an opportunity for the first time around that season for me to get on a stage that I already knew people would not necessarily resonate with my faith, right? Because about a week before, there was a whole thread in the podcast movement Facebook group where someone asked a question about at what point would you stop listening to a podcast if the host kept mentioning their faith? And the comments were vicious. I'm not going to lie. Some of those comments were really vicious. It's like, why would I listen to anyone who believes in a big man in the sky? And, you know, if you believe in religion, you're being controlled and you're stupid and all this stuff. So that conversation broke out about a week before podcast movement. And here I am with the decision about whether I'm actually going to share the fullness of my story, even where I talk about the bathroom floor moment and the Holy Spirit guiding me to the scripture, Proverbs 17, 16, which to this day, I believe is why I'm here. Am I going to hide that part of the story? Because I know that there are going to be people for sure in this audience that think that I'm crazy. And I got on the stage in front of thousands of people and I told my story in my way, using God-given and what I call to be still small voice or Holy Spirit, sharing scriptures. I did the whole thing. And let me tell you what happened at the end. When I got off stage and I spoke to a few people as I was making my way from behind the stage and out to the front area of this huge ballroom, what I'll never forget is the young man who came up to me and said, as soon as you were speaking, I was convicted because I've been feeling like I should change my podcast category to religion and spirituality, but I was very nervous about how that would turn people off. And your ability to get up on the stage and tell your truth in front of mixed company was the thing that made me come outside, open up my laptop and change it and save it today because I know that a part of what I'm supposed to do is be a witness for Christ. And because you could stand there and not throw your faith in people's face, but stand there and own it, now I can 
on my platform too. So this is why I will never, I will never hide my faith or apologize for my faith or, you know, make excuse, none of that. Because as I say, most on most stages that I get on when I start talking about my faith, I do say, I didn't come here to convert you. I'm not here to push my faith on you. But what I will not do is deny my reality, my story, and the truth of why I'm here today. And so much of the wisdom that you glean from me has definitely become from my faith and from the quiet time that I spend in my prayer closet. So if you can't receive me talking this way, then you actually can't receive anything else I could ever teach you because it's all rooted in my faith. That's the story. And I'm sticking to it. So Shay, we've been talking about the ways that we grind and we're not even aware. And another one that was a heavy hitter for me when I first read it in your devotional was the no boundaries, making yourself so available to clients, to anyone, right? That you couldn't even create the space for peace. Right. How how do you, like, let's talk about that because I think that's a big one too. It is a big one because again, if we don't have the proper context for God is my source, and I mean a revelation, I don't mean just like, a head knowledge of, but like a revelation that God is my source. Everyone and everything else is a resource. If we don't fully, fully have that here, it becomes very easy not to have boundaries because it's like, what am I going to miss out on? What is, what's not going to happen if I don't make myself available here? You know, it's, it's, it's not really being rooted in that trust that God is provision. He is provision, not just my provider. He actually is provision. And so if we don't have that proper perspective, it becomes very easy to not have boundaries. And that's whether that's with your clients, whether that's with family members, you know, I've become like, I think I've been getting a PhD in boundaries over the last (laughs) few years. Okay. Getting a PhD in boundaries, right? It's so important for the spaces. I won't have back to back to back to back meetings. I'm going to put spaces. Why? Because I need to decompress for some spaces. I want to, what was God's heart concerning? What just happened over the last hour? And the thing that I'm about to walk in, if I don't create these intentional spaces, then again, I'm always, what can I do in my own strength? I'll always be in that flow. So the boundaries is like creating boundaries for myself that give me space, you know, from that intentionality perspective, and also boundaries from not allowing people in spaces that they're not supposed to be in, that I'm not supposed to be giving space for and not allowing work to become so, you know, like I'm, I have to make myself available to respond to all these people all the time on their schedules, because I have an improper perspective (laughs) that these people are my source, or I don't have a, or I don't have a, a healthy view of even the value of who I am in God that I allow for that kind of stuff, right? So there's so many, there's so many reasons for all of this stuff. But what I say, this, that's why in Grace Over Grind, I also am not like in the books, there's a whole book. Mm-hmm. And in the book, it says- Oh, I've listened to the audio. Oh, you've listened to the audio uh-huh. book? Okay. So it's like, ask Holy Spirit this. And I always tell people when they read the Bible, it's like, you go do all the exercises because the power in it is when Holy Spirit says to you, this is what I want to deal with with you. Right. And just allow him to just help us to grow in those areas that we need to grow. We can grind and trying to fix ourselves. Oh, I'm trying to fix all the things because I know that this is going on. This is going on. This is going on. Maybe God only wants to focus on one of those things. But you're trying to like in your personal development, you're trying to, oh, well, I've got to make sure I do all all 10 of these things right now. No. No. What's God's heart concerning it? Maybe he just really wants to focus in on a deep work in one area. Right. So we can even grind in our developments. Oh, I believe that. Which overwhelms us. And many people just give up. Right. The reason that you give up is because you're trying to do a million things at once. Yes. Like what's the one thing that you can go very deep with? That's right. And and, and work through, you know, as often as you need to. You know, one of the things that 
I had to get comfortable with, this is some years ago, I got into this, I, I ended up getting a second phone. It was like, uh, okay, this is like my real phone. For like <laughs> right. my, because at this point, I don't even know anymore all the people that have access to me on my right. original number. Right. And that number I had since I was like 19 or 20. Uh-huh. So you can only imagine. Different season of my life, girl. <laughs> Old booze calling out. Who are you, right. sir? Like, who are these people? Oh, man, I just saw you on TV. Sir, I can't even believe that wow. you have access to me 18 wow. years later. You definitely need to get off my phone, <laughs> right? And so I had this whole thing going, Shay, where I was like, but so many producers have this number and there's so many people have booked me over the years and blah, blah, blah. And then I had this other phone for like my close family and friends. And then one day I was like, enough is enough. <laughs> called uh, AT&T, shut this down, shut that whole number down. Are you sure? Is there anything we can do? You, this is not even about you. This right. is about me remembering who my source is. Yes. If I'm going to keep using the phone as an excuse, like, oh, because, you know, what about the people? I'm like, girl, you are, you are a Google search away from anybody who actually wants to find you. That you part. have a whole website, a whole contact form, social media, DMs. If somebody really needs to book you, they're going to do that. But right now, this has become clutter. Yes. And you're using it as a crutch. So and good. No more. And so yes. I just shut the phone down. To this day, Shay, people will DM me and say, hey, you changed your number. And I say, <laughs> hey, I did. That's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, but Shay is so funny, depending on who it is. And if you're listening, no Shay, but it's my boundary. You know, yes. they say, hey, you changed your number. I say, hey, I did. But you found me. That's right. But you found what, me because I'm one Google search away. What can we, what can I do for you? Right. There you go. Everybody does not need to have that, that level of access. Yes. And I realized that for what I do and for what I feel called to do, it is my duty and responsibility to protect and preserve yes. my peace and my energy. Yes. Yes. And random people calling me out the blue is not not the thing. That's right. That's right. And then you find yourself, you know, ha- feeling like you need to be responding to this, responding to that. And it's like, no, there's an assignment here that I need to be focused in on. And you want to be intentional in all things, including relationships and communication and all of these pieces. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's an easy way to fall into the grind, right? Because it's just like you're taking on too much responsibility of all the people and all the things and feeling like that's that's your burden to carry. And it's not. Girl, this is so good. (laughs) This is so good. So I do want to go back to what really started the kingdom-driven entrepreneur movement. I do want to hear a bit of that story. And I have to tell you this, what I love about it is that you are equipping people for the marketplace. Yeah. And I meet so many people who are so afraid and ashamed to price. Right. To market. Yeah. To actually offer their services. And we've made it such a negative thing for some reason. And I think it's actually ministry. I say every day, I I said it before I started to actually infuse faith into my business. I knew that this was a ministry. Yes. It was it was disguised as a business, but it was yeah. a for me, right? <laughs> yes. So what what was the thing for you? Yeah. So here's what happened. I was minding my business, like I said, in the real estate space. And one of my real estate buddies reached out to me. He said, Hey, Shay, I met this woman. And when I met her, I really feel like I was supposed to connect you to. And I said, All right. So he connects me with this woman. She was a business coach out in LA. We had this conversation the whole time. I'm like, she's cool, but I have no idea why he was so adamant that we meet. But after our conversation, she says, there's this client of mine that I really feel like I'm supposed to connect you to. So she connects me with this woman named Antonina Gear. This is March, 2012. Uh, Antonina and I get on the phone, immediately hit it off. Um, I knew that we had met for a a specific reason, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. So we just began to get to know one another as friends and just help each other out in business and stuff like that. But about maybe eight weeks in, I called her and I was like, Antonina, I really feel like God brought us together for something really specific, not just, you know, we're cool and we're friends, but like something specific. And she goes, I've been sensing the same thing. And I said, well, let's go pray about it and come back in a week. So we did that, prayed separately, came back in a week, talked about some stuff. I'm like, nah, it's none of that. Let's go pray again and come back in a week. We prayed, came back in a week. We did this three times, Patrice. 
On the third time, she says, Shay, God gave me these words. I put them in a journal. I don't know what it's about, what it's for, what to do with them, but the words are kingdom-driven entrepreneur. Now, when she said that, what flew out of my mouth, this was the Holy Spirit. I had no idea what I was talking about. She says those words, kingdom-driven entrepreneur. And I said, that's a community. It's a movement. And it starts with a book. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, oh, because I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't have a chance to even think before the words came out my mouth. So me and this woman who had just met six to eight weeks prior are then saying, Lord, what is a kingdom-driven entrepreneur? Those words are very intentional and specific in a particular order. Like, what is that? Have we ever been that? What's this community? What's this movement? And how in the world are we writing a book on it? And so the next six months was us and the Lord. (laughs) And we were writing this book, which was crazy. So we were writing this book and then we gave the book away on Kindle for free and start invited people in the book to join a community that we started on Facebook. And that was the beginning. So we knew it was a business. We knew it was a community and a movement. We knew it was supposed to start with that book, but we literally had no idea what products or services we were going to do, what any of this was about. We just did it. We just kept taking steps in faith as he was leading us along the way. It wasn't, I mean, she hasn't been involved in operations for years, but it was like that first two years was so interesting because it was like people, what's your monetization strategy? I don't know. I don't know. have a monetization strategy. This is a community and movement that started with a book and we're just trying to do our best to show up to here to see what God wants to do. But man, I got crazy stories from our beginning years, but, um, you know, fast forward now, we've just, we've reached hundreds of thousands of folks. We've mentored thousands where it's just awesome what God has done. And really honestly, how I have grown mm-hmm. in him over the last, I mean, all the other stuff's like a total bonus. The, 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 the massive gift to my life is my, is my getting to know God in ways that I never knew him before, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's been, and it's like, oh, wow. When I get to do this, I I get to do this. I get to be paid to do this. That's how I feel, Shay. Yeah. Yeah. It it blows my mind every day. And people think it's a joke. When I started this podcast and launched this whole idea of redefining wealth, I had no monetization strategy. As a matter of fact, I had taken down all products and programs that I had before, months before, because the Holy Spirit was like, enough is enough with you. (laughs) Like we are doing something new. And when I didn't listen, my site got hacked. <laughs> everything. Uh-huh. Won't he do it? <laughs> right? Boulder. It was like little pebbles and little rocks. And then it was like, oh, okay, because you're hard-headed. We see how we have to get to you. Boom. Boom. I came down and someone threatened to sue me out of the Oh blue. my gosh. Yes. And I was like, okay. I hear you uh, loud and clear, Lord. I hear you, Lord. My attorney's like, is there anything else you would like to talk about? I said, well, <laughs> Well, redefining wealth it is. I hear you, Lord. But the first year and a half it was not about monetization. It wasn't right. about figuring out products and programs. It was, God, what do you want me to say? Yes. Whatever you want me to say and wherever you send me, I will go. Yes. And that was my only marketing strategy. And that is very counterintuitive in the world of business. But I mean, that's what it's like to be led by the Holy Spirit, you know, to say that I'm not, I'm not, it's, this is not the business that I'm just saying, hey, God, I'm going to, I'm doing this thing my way and, and, and according to everyone's blueprints and strategies and hey, just bless it. It's no, like, I want, like, I am the CEO, but you're the ultimate CEO of this thing. And I want to do this thing just led by you, like aligned with your mind and your heart concerning this stuff. And there's, I mean, when you make that shift and you decide to operate that way, if you do it for enough time, it doesn't take a whole lot, maybe six months to a year of consistency in that you won't want to go back. And I'm not saying because it's easy, but because there's so much goodness in that partnership. Mm -hmm. You know, the grace over grind message came out of, this was maybe six months after Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur started. I, just, I was still a grinder. I was just now a grinder who was like, I think I'm supposed to be doing this with God. <laughs> you know, I was still in that kind of weird spot of transition for myself, you know? And it was about six months in, and our pastor was doing a message about Matthew 11, 28 through 30. That's the scripture where Jesus is saying, you know, come to me, all of those who are weary, you'll find rest for your souls. And he talks about how his yoke is easy as burden is light. It's that scripture. But he read it in the message, which I had never heard before. And it says, are you tired, worn out, 
burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. And Patrice, girl, that's all my whole soul needed to hear. And it was like, that, whatever that is, that's me. That's what I want. Show me that. And I haven't turned back since. And that was a few months after Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur started. Shay, oh my gosh. And I heard you say that in the audio, in the audio book. You you read that and you talk about that. What does that look like for you on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual basis in your business? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's with him, it often shifts and moves and turns with with him. But in general, what that looks like for me is still it's submitting my plans to him. Right. In the beginning, it was a lot. He didn't give me a lot of vision in the beginning. So my, it's, this is a progressive story. In the beginning, it was like intentionality, showing up, uh, submitting my plans to him being intentional about time and wanting to hear his thoughts, being willing to take steps on things that were counter my wisdom, my experiences, and just seeing God move in the midst of all that. And it was practicing that. Okay. And then as I was going and and doing that, then he would start to then give me vision further out. Two and a half years after walking this thing out, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I used to get directions all the time. And after about two and a half years, I stopped getting directions as often as I used to. And I'm like, Lord, like, <laughs> what's up? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting us to be in the same rhythm that we've been in, which has been beautiful and awesome for these last two and a half years. And I'd, I, has, I used to have this thing that I'd say, what we doing, Jesus? What we doing? And I was hearing, what are we doing? And I'm like, what we doing, Jesus? I hear what are we doing? So I did this for two weeks. And I'm like, Lord, what is this about? And he said, you have my heart. Mm. What are we doing? Let's go do it. And that was like, oh my gosh, I established like a yet another level of freedom in him because it's like, I learned how to hear. He knew he could trust me to adjust when he yeah. entered, when he's like, no, nah, don't make any sense. We doing this. When he's like, no, don't do this. That's not my best. All of that. It was like, it just, it, it helped me to embrace another aspect of my identity in him and the freedom in him. Because when Psalms talks about how delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, being pliable in him, it's that delighting yourself in him. It's actually like he's embedding, he's planting, he's, he's putting desires in your heart. And then, you know, your dreams, your thoughts, your heart, they're connected to him. And when you do that, then you stop you know, wonder, is it God? Is it me? Is it this? Is it that? And there's so much freedom, but again, no shade on the beginnings of it because I didn't, I had never even integrated God into my work life at all. So I had to learn how to be obedient. I had to learn how to gain confidence that I actually hear him. And I had to learn how to be radically obedient, which meant when he said something and that made no sense to me at all, nothing in my life and experience or anything tells me that that makes sense to do, but I'm going to go do it anyway until I could build confidence and walking that out. I couldn't get his heart for something. I couldn't be aligned with him. Right. And so those were the beginning steps where I always start there because if I share my right now, it doesn't make sense for the person who has not even been willing to do the Mm. basics of being faithful and obedient. So I could talk about today, but it won't be, it's like where where people who are listening need to go (laughs) as a starting point is where I was in 2012 and 2013 and the beginning parts of 2014. And it's just been an amazing and crazy adventure with him since then. It really has been. Mm, That is so good. And as you were like breaking that down, I see that in my own journey. I see that so yes. clearly where in the beginning it was like, God, what, what do you want me to do? Wherever you say go and whatever you say do. And for redefining wealth, the first 18 months, I was not consumed with anything but listening for what I felt like God yes. was saying to do. And then even um, last year, my word for the year was obedience. Yes, And I kept saying, what would my life look like if every, God, every time God said move, I moved without question? Right. 
without back and forth, without like, well, God, you sure? Like, if God says do it, you have been with him in this. You have been inviting him in every day. Like, if he says do it, you know that this is him. Stop playing yeah. with this looking for pigeons and doves in the sky. <laughs> right, okay? right. You know right. this is him. And 2020 was Redefining Wealth's best year in business. Come on. And I launched things, Shay, that I were not even in my mind on January 1st, had a whole plan. And I yes. remember the day I woke up from a nap and the Holy Spirit said, go erase the board. Uh-huh. And I had lines drawn, funnels, thing, all these things. And what downloaded in my spirit was a couple things. This is the January 2020. And I was like, well, that don't look like... <laughs> <laughs> that don't look like much, Lord. What are we supposed to do with that? That don't look like much, but okay, Lord, you said it. And then a couple months later, I got the download for what is now my speaker training, Command the Stage. Yes. One of the, be- one of the best things I've ever taught in my life. Come and on. the entire thing was downloaded after prayer in the shower. Yes. Came to me, modules broken down, lessons, exactly yep. what I needed to say. Yep. My mind went back to things that I had done years before and connected the dots. And it is probably one of the best things that I've ever taught in my life. Yes. But it was through radical obedience. Yes. I booked the space and didn't have nothing else. And then and then COVID hit. Yes. And then COVID hit and there was mm-hmm. no live events. Yes. And it was like, okay, it's not postponed. You're going to pivot and go virtual. And we, yep. you know, trained, I don't know, 200 people. Come on. Like from last year to this point. And I just say that to say, I love that you were sharing that this evolves and it happens yes, in stages so that we're does. not ashamed of any part of it because it's a journey. Yes. And it's a, it's a beautiful one. I mean, you, there's just so many aspects of our, our identity to explore and get rooted in, you know, who we are as a son and a daughter, you know, who we are as a king, who we are as a priest, who we are and, you know, you know, with authority and the, through ministry, there's so many aspects and dynamics of our DNA in him. And it's like, there's just periods of time and he's going to work with everyone. He's going to, he works with you, which is why we want to be led by him is because mm. he knows you. I don't know you. He knows you <laughs> and he's going to focus in, you know, on those areas and cultivate those areas that need to be cultivated and put people in your life who will, who are aligned with his heart for you, you know, to help cultivate certain areas. But we still have to do it with the mindset that God, you are my source. Everyone and everything else is a resource. Like I, I would keep saying it over and over again, because it's such a fundamental thing for every business person to understand. Mm-hmm. Every business person. If you don't believe that God has strategies and blueprints for you in heaven for your business, you're missing out. You just gave an example of that right then. You could have gone to such and such coach and they could have laid out a whole blueprint, 10 steps five programs. This is how you do it in this order. God said, I got something, baby, erase it. And then gave you something that was powerful and simple and amazing. He and was would, the source. And I would say too, Shay, also for people in, in corporate America, right? Sometimes we don't <laughs> speak up. We don't do the thing that we know we need to do because we're like, oh, but these they, they pay me. They pay oh, me. yes. So yes. I can't say anything. Right. I can't God's still your source too. <laughs> God is still your source. Yes. And the job is definitely a resource. And I That's will right. never forget in my, in my husband's book, in Don't Just Build a Business, Build an Empire, he talks about the fact that he felt like a seven-figure slave. Mm. A seven-figure slave. Wonderful job. Looks great on the outside. All of the accolades and couldn't go to the gym when he felt like it. Right. Couldn't, right. couldn't make a move when he felt like it, right? And he felt that that job was the source. And I used yes. to tell him in 2015, in 2016, in 2017, I would say to him, if I didn't say it a hundred times, Shay, <laughs> I would say, remember, God is your source. Yeah. This job is a resource. It's not your source. Yes. Don't, don't ever... And I, was, and I know I got on his nerves, but after he left and he was free... He, he understood, he got a revelation of what you had been sharing with him. That's really, really good. That's such a good example. And you know, your audience, just a lot of people listening who have jobs who, and I used to think that by the way, too, I had a great, a great paying job. And I wouldn't have said it was my source. I never would have said that, Mm -hmm. but I operated as if, 
Yeah. Now there would be a line. Now there's lines, you know, if things were going shady or whatever, you know, I would remove myself from a situation or bring correction to a situation without fear. But that ultimately, especially from a financial perspective, I would look at that thing as a source, even if I never would have said it. Yeah. Most but the test is what happens it. when it goes away? What happens when you're tested and there's, you know, then you really know how you feel about sources versus resources. <laughs> then we really know how you then feel, we really right? Know. What if God calls you away? Like I had to quit my job before it made sense, right? Like you, you learn, you learn. Oh, we yeah. can't even get into that. We don't have enough time for that. Uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> don't quit do your job that. like that. Don't do that unless the, unless the Lord's all over it. <laughs> you look, ladies in my programs are always quitting their jobs. And I'll be like, listen, now don't go anywhere and tell people that I told you to quit right. anything because you know that that was not that, true. Like, you better make That's sure right. you, you seek the Lord on that. That was yes. not for me. As long That's as right. I say that, that all the time. I say that all the time. Like, that wasn't me. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't take my testimony and say, oh, <laughs> see, Shay did it. I could do it. The Lord said it, did he? <laughs> you. Make sure you make sure you know. <laughs> right. Shay, before I let you go, let me ask you these redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. Oh, okay. So here's the first one. How do you define success? How do I, okay. Uh, faith plus obedience equals success. Yes. I love that. <laughs> How do you define wealth in three words or less? Oh, gosh. Wealth in three. Okay. I'm going to say the fullness of God. Very good. Very rarely. I just rarely. pulled that one out of the spirit. You yeah, like that? Yeah, but very rarely <laughs> do people do it in three words. I have to keep going now, friends. I really wanted to do it in three words for you. I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to condense this. Okay. What's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? Ooh. Um... There's a book by uh, Chris Valatin that's called Poverty, Wealth, and Riches. I think I got that title right. It's excellent. And there was some fine-tuning, some, some refining in some of my thinking that I got out of that book. Oh, I have to look that up. Okay. Uh, you're going to fill in the blank. My okay. name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Shay Bynes, and the truth about wealth is that I'll never find it outside of God. Oh, so good. So good. Shay, thank you so much for being here. This Absolutely. Was awesome. So fun. So fun. It's everything I knew it would be. <laughs> Today's Ask Patrice Anything comes from Roberta in Stockbridge, Georgia. Hey, Patrice, my question is, what is your vision for the next 10 years for the Redefining Wealth podcast, as well as your group? Have you considered maybe even a TV show with a live audience? I'm just curious to see where you're headed. Thank you. Oh, Roberta, that is such a great question. I have to be honest with you. I have no attachment to where I will be in 10 years. I don't know if the Redefining Wealth podcast will still exist in 10 years. I learned from a past mentor, Lisa Nichols, taught me a long time ago to stay committed to the vision for my life, but not necessarily attached to how I get there. So in this season of my life, I do feel that I am called to do this work. I am called to help the masses redefine wealth for themselves. But I have no idea where this journey will take me. I have no idea the things that I'll be exposed to, the people that I will meet along the way, how my own personal life is really going to unfold. So I am a planner to an extent. So I do have some thoughts around the next couple years in terms of like programming and training. And I hope to do live podcasts all over the world. That was a part of my vision before the coronavirus hit, actually. Um, everywhere from London to Lagos, you know, to Toronto, Canada, I just see us coming together as purpose chasers all over the world. And I really want to go into areas and bring purpose chasers together and leave knowing that they now have a community of people who are committed to this idea of redefining wealth together. And even if your family and friends don't understand it, you got some friends, you got some purpose chasers who will do that. 
Because you brought up television, though, I will say that I am in a space right now where for many years after I left the Steve Harvey show and some of the other shows that I was doing in 2018, it was really to get clarity around what I was being called to do and not to just stay in the box of you are America's money maven and what you do must look like this. And now that I've had some years to really hone in on my voice and be confident about what I'm called to do, I am actually uh, in the process of working on a television project. Now, at the time of this recording, I can't tell you the exact details, but know that it is so in alignment with Redefining Wealth. I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunity, and I can't wait for you guys to see it out in the world. So keep me in your prayers and just stay on the lookout. It's definitely coming. That's it for this week on the Redefining Wealth podcast. I really hope that you had some phenomenal takeaways from this week's episode. Until next week, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever feeling like you have to chase money. Talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.